All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Dropping the Gloves on a beautiful Monday morning, Tim. Tim's here, by the way. Very exciting. How are you doing, Tim? Uh, why wouldn't I be, John? This is what I do. On a Monday morning after the Super Bowl, you I know how you like to get after it. On a Sunday night when the Super Bowl's going, it's the biggest, biggest night of the year. I was like, Tim's going to sleep in probably, but you're here. You look fresh-faced. What did you get up to for Super Bowl, Tim? Anything fun? Nothing fun. I, I watched Good. Okay, the game. nice. <laughs> yeah. I made uh I made buffalo chicken nachos for myself. They were very good. Uh and I went to bed right after the game. So I was glad that it was on a six. I'm mean, that's early. Like that's a good start. I like that a lot. What'd you think of the game? Boring. What? Boring. Yeah. It was probably the I mean, I don't remember every single Super Bowl, but it's one of the more forgettable ones, I think, for sure. Were you just upset that Tom wasn't in it? I mean, he makes it better for sure. You know what? I I, I was rooting for the Bengals just because I thought, you know, that city isn't one and and that, that's a cool story with Joey B and everything. But I was also like, man, it would be cool if Stafford won. Like 34 years old, he's never won, and I was happy for him. So either way, I, yeah, it was just fun to watch. But not, not a great, great game, though. I thought it was a great game. I thought it was action-packed back and forth. I thought um, L.A. was going to run away with it. Yeah. And then Cincinnati like came it. back and – yeah, I, I thought it was a really good game. Really well played. Stafford didn't have his best game, I thought, but he made the throws. The running game was atrocious. L.A., that was apparent from the beginning. Boy, oh, boy, they couldn't get a yard if they wanted to. You've given us a little insight into your lifestyle choices. How are you able to watch the game? It's funny. Speaking of lifestyle choices, you would have laughed at the scenario I watched the game. So I watched the game with a good friend of mine and three Catholic priests. <laughs> <laughs> so it was nice. it was a really fun night i went to my friend neil's house he he had a big spread put on he went and got a tv for the game because he doesn't have a tv either it's a lifestyle <laughs> choice um and so I, I watched it with three of my priest friends um uh, my priest from my home parish a priest where i serve mass at the carmelite monastery and another one from out in gaylord so it was good you know we, we had some drinks we had a lot of great food we 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 had a lot of good conversation. It was a lot of fun. We just, we literally, 
we left Michigan Tech Sunday morning at 7 a.m. And we pulled into town in Traverse City. We dropped the kids off. My wife made some chicken chicken wings and we went right to their house. It was just boom, boom, boom. Let's go Super Bowl. And it was fan- it was a great game. I was happy for Matthew Stafford. I, I really was. Well, we're in Traverse City. I'm not. I am. You aren't. And so it's big Lions territory. And I was loving the fact that they just gave up on this guy, Matthew Stafford. He, he, he wasn't going to be able to win. He was the reason they were, you know, unable to get over that hump. He, first year gone. Super Bowl. Facial. How's that feel, Detroit Lions? It was just poetic how sweet it was. It was like, I loved it. So I was happy for him. Cooper Cup, Odell gets hurt. He steps up, getting quadruple covered every play. You know, and this is what it makes me think that the fix is in with the NFL. They wanted Matt Stafford to win. Oh, yeah. No flags during the whole game. No flags at all. Third and goal flag. First and goal flag. First and goal flag. It's like, come on, you guys. Like, be consistent. It drives me crazy. You see it in the NHL, too, where it's just no penalties the whole game, where they call the season some way, and then you get to a certain situation, and the refs impact the game. It's like, just let them play. They let them play. Like, let the boys play. So I, I truly believe that one pass interference call wasn't a, wasn't a flag. It was third and goal, and the linebacker was covering cup, I think. Supposed holding. Bad call. He gets first and goal. Stafford run, run, stuff, stuff. Cooper Cup. I think it was second or third. And there was another flag in there. It it, it, it ruined a really, really great game, in my opinion. So, but what are you going to do? I was happy for the happy for the Rams, happy for Stafford. I thought it was an exciting game. I thought it was really I thought the Bengals were going to go down and kick a field goal, and then we we're heading to overtime. This is a great hockey podcast, by the way. What was before we move on, what was the best uh food thing that you ate last night? Oh my goodness. Well, I, I'm, I'm preferential to my wife's cooking. She made some drumsticks that were just out of this world. No, I like a little blue cheese dressing. That was good. But my friend, he, he bought these cookies, gourmet cookies from a cookie, you know, slab town cookies oh, yeah. in Traverse city. Um, he must've spent a million dollars on them. He bought so many cookies. They were delicious. He got me some little bat blue. That was much appreciated. It was just, everything was great. And then I had some queso dip. There was some meatballs. There was some ribs. There was a lot of, you know, mixed array of meat and cheese platters. It, Nia or Tim, you would have loved it. You would absolutely loved it. It was great. No kids, which was fantastic. No kids running around my ankles. So all in all, it was very good. It was nice to get back to the, under the bridge. We're called trolls here in Michigan. People south of the bridge, we call them trolls. People north of the bridge. My boss just told me this joke. He goes, you know what they call people south of the bridge, John? I'm like, well, yeah, trolls. And he goes, you know what they call them above the bridge? And I go, what? And he goes, drunk. <laughs> <laughs> he drink a little bit more up there. But anyways, it was a good trip. Went to see my alma mater. Do you care? Do you care at all? Yeah, I keep yeah. No, how was it? How was it? It was great. We, we, um, we were able to pull some strings with my former team, and we got the ice to ourselves. And so I posted something on uh, my social of us ripping around the ice, but we, we got the, the ice for a few hours on Saturday. And so I went, took the kids and my wife and we just skated and it was so great. The ice there is fantastic. We, um, what else do we do? We, we just did a lot of fun stuff for the kids, the pool and the hotel. They love that. We, you know, we just went to both hockey games, Friday, Saturday night, bounced around town a little bit with the kids. It was, it was a lot of fun, definitely different, you know, from when I used to go there. Did you have a microphone in your hand in one of those pictures? Did you speak? 
I did. I did um, a bunch of stuff where I emceed a marriage proposal. I <laughs> I was a guest of the head of the mechanical engineering department. That's why we were there. He was retiring. So he wanted me to come up and kind of say something nice about him. So I said something nice and I hijacked the moment and it was my wife's birthday. And I had the whole rink sing happy birthday to my wife, which was kind of cool. Did and, you like uh, it? No, she hated it, but I thought it was fun. Uh, it was just a good weekend. I, I love going nice. up to tech. I, I highly recommend it. If, if you can get up there one day, it's a beautiful camp. It's snowed. It was so snowy, Tim. Like I'm talking the, the snow drifts downtown were eight, nine feet high. It's insane. And they, they truck the snow out every day. So it'll snow. They'll shove it into a big pile. They'll get a backhoe, put it in a dumpster. And then they take it out of town every single day. They do that. They're just moving snow from downtown somewhere outside the city. It's crazy. Is it it's worth it? Is it worth living up wild. there? So worth it. Millions of snowmobilers. If you if you ride a snowmobile, go up there. They got beautifully groomed trails. All the restaurants and bars and stuff are just like made for snowmobilers. Pure Michigan. Houghton, Michigan. All right. Let's let's move on, Tim. Oh, I gotta say hi to um there's a, a listener up there, Christian. He's a club player. For the wolf pack, I said I'd say hi to him. He got stitches, or he should have got stitches. He got hit with a puck. I met him. Nice kid. Sophomore in Michigan Tech. Good for him. So hi, Christian. What's going on? John here. Just saying hi. So that's the whole recap, Tim. What did you think? That was great. Very well done. Thank you. Nice I appreciate ball. that. That's nice. And my Super Bowl was great. And now we're back. Monday morning. You know what's exciting for me? You what's know, <sighs> Alex Ovechkin, he started the season so incredibly hot, did he not? He sure did. Like, shot out of a cannon. He was just on fire. I think he scored in his first 15 games, something like that, 16 games. The guy's absolutely gone ice cold. And I don't want to say I told you so. I don't want to say my prediction is coming true. But if he doesn't have that lightning-fast start, and just like everything he touches is going in the back of the net. It's, it's a bad season for him. And I feel like part of my prediction is coming true. He hasn't scored in three weeks, Tim. That's, that's three weeks, not three games, not three days. Not th- it's three weeks. That's 21 days. We're going on a month where Al- Alex Ovechkin hasn't scored. This has to be the longest streak in his career where he hasn't put a puck in the net. He's stuck at 29 goals. I think. I think he hears my voice in the back of his head when he's on the ice. I'm like, you're not going to get 30, Alex. You're not going to get 30, <laughs> Alex. He's gone. He's like, what? And it's messing with them. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Now watch. He's going to blow up and get five goals next game. But he's been – this is uncharacteristic for Alex Ovechkin to be in this drought. And I'm loving it because I was waiting for the onslaught of these Capitals fans who are just the worst, by the way, the absolute worst, the scum of the earth. Just kidding. But they are there. I know they have a tweet waiting for me. I know the Capitals are going to come after me. And I just love that it's not happening yet. I love it. So we're going to hopefully he doesn't score for the next three months. And I just oh, imagine he finishes at 29, Tim, how sweet it would be. <laughs> I'm so sweet. Oh, my God. I mean, in fairness, the all-star break was during that time. So there's 
It's like two and a half weeks, whatever. But still, yeah, that's it's pretty significant that the number is 29. Like, that's the number he's stuck on. Like, that that makes it even sweeter because, like, it's hilarious. It's, just, it's so good. It's so good. And you know the Capitals fan, like you say, they, they've got some tweets saved in their drafts waiting to fire him up as soon as he – and he's going to probably score four in the next game. But um, right now, we're, we're enjoying it. And is this – and I'm and we we're gonna break down our bold predictions from the beginning of the season. Let's just get into it now because our first bold prediction, both of us, had to do with the Washington Capitals. Mine was that Washington misses the playoffs altogether; that they blow this team up and they just absolutely, you know, dismantle it. And yours was pretty pretty similar. What was yours? Mine was the same. I would say they would miss the playoffs. I thought they would be at the bottom of their division, second to last. Um, just given like what we knew about Backstrom had been injured because Netsov has struggled the last couple of years. This group is getting older. I thought they would basically miss completely. The one difference from my prediction from yours is that Ovechkin would still score. I never in a million years would I would have thought or, or even guessed that Ovechkin would score a 30 or less. Um, but I thought they'd blow this group up at the deadline. And so far, they're sitting right in a playoff spot. It doesn't look like I did see 30 to 35 no, in my didn't. defense. No, you didn't. I think in, in, in podcast <laughs> after that, I said 30 to 35. Uh, backpedaling begins. And you know what? If we take out his empty netters, that's my next thing. So once he scores 30, I'm going to go, he's got six empty netters. Those don't count. So he's yeah. really at 24. So let's just be clear. It is a goal where a goalie is in net. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hanging his, my hat on now. His 30th is going to be an empty netter, I bet. Then it won't count. And so people will tweet me and I'll go, I'm not listening. Like the cable guy commercial last night for the Super Bowl, Jim Carrey. La, 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 la. Hey, what did you think of the commercials? I, I didn't pay that close attention. I really liked the Dr. Evil one. That was good. That um, was the best one. I thought yeah. that was really funny. You pressing Between the button that, for Scott. The Jim Carrey thing, the Super Bowl halftime show. It was a lot of like throwbacks to like the 90s, early 2000s that I really enjoyed. You know why they're doing that? Is because Why? our society is such a joke and nobody wants to be connected to it at all. No one wants to put in the new artists, the new things, the new that. It's because it's all terrible. And, and like, what makes, yeah. what makes everybody feel good? Oh, let's go get Zach Braff and uh, the other guy from Scrubs. Let's go get these guys who everybody loves from 20 years ago. And that's what they're doing. There was tons of throwbacks, like you said. I thought the commercials as a whole were very disappointing. I laughed at the Doritos commercial. I thought that was funny when the animals were sneezing and going, ooh, the spicy Doritos. I like that. <laughs> but yeah, the, there was no Budweiser commercial. Lots of seltzer. Lots of hard alcohol, like uh, stuff like that. I, I I don't know. Lots of crypto. Lots of just random stuff. Where I was like, is this, what do we, we started playing a game. Like, what are they selling? Because yeah. it would be a random, I'm like, what are they selling? And then it was like Taco Bell. And it was like a group of people like taking their faces off and like going through different portals. And I was like, what is this Taco Bell? I was like, what, <laughs> what is happening in the world right now? But yeah, it, as a whole commercials, I give them a thumbs down. No good Budweiser ones. I didn't understand the Clydesdale dying and then coming back to life. Like Clydesdales don't jump. They're not a jumping horse. They're, they're not. They, they pull things. They're not. A, you know what I mean? And then why is there a dog barking after the horse? I didn't, I didn't understand. Was there a, a metaphor I missed there? Was that a metaphor uh, for the United States? Like we're back. 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't remember that one, but it's it was a Budweiser one, and the horse got nicked his leg on the barbed wire fence when he was trying to jump it. Which, by the way, the fence was only ten feet wide. He could have ran around the fence. I don't understand it. It, it still, I, I'm still baffled by that. It was a swing and a miss by Budweiser. Oh, and then the guy fear. I'm going to go on a tangent. We can't do this. Washington, Tim, the Washington Capitals. The reason they're having success this year isn't due to them. It is due to the fact that this division, which we thought was murderer's row coming into this season, has been a huge stinker of a division. Columbus has faltered. They've been inconsistent. The Islanders, everybody knows their problems. I was texting with Kevin Connolly, friend of the show, A-list celebrity at one point in his life. Now he's probably B. I think he would say that. I bet him that the Islanders wouldn't make the playoffs, and he took the bet. He took the bet. I was like, are you serious betting me money right now? And this was last week. He's like, I'll bet you money that the Islanders make the playoffs. I'm like, Kevin, you're giving me money. You're giving me money. And he's like, 21 points out. 21. He's like, we got some games in hand. We're going to go on a win. He's like, did you see our last game versus the Canucks? I said, Kevin, if you're banking on your future based on a win over the Vancouver Canucks, that is not good. Because I don't know if you've seen the Canucks. They're not that great. And lo and behold, they, they would they lose to last night? The uh, flames five to three or something. So they've lost their last two. The Islanders are all but dead, but going back to the capitals, the reason they are where they are is because of futility, not because they're successful. They had a good start where they run one, you know, a bunch in the first 10, 15 games since then they have been just, just doing the bare minimum to maintain that fourth spot. Do you remember two months ago? They were number one, they were six, seven points ahead of Carolina and the Rangers and Pittsburgh was in the fourth seed. And they were just like, you know, trying to maintain while everybody was hurt. Fast forward to now, Washington's played the most games in the NHL. They got 61 points, which is good. But in that division, there's no way they sniff the Rangers, Carolina or Pittsburgh. They are locked into the fourth position. If there was anybody worth their salt in that metropolitan division, they would overtake the Washington Capitals. So this is going to be a case where, Washington should make moves and try to dump players, but they're locked into that playoff spot and they're going to feel a responsibility to go. Well, we got to push for Ovi one more year. We got to push for Backstrom and Kuznetsov. We have to make a move. They're going to try to add players where they should subtract and it's going to ruin their franchise even more than it is ruined with these bad contracts that they have. And they're bad contracts because they had to sign these guys. They want a Stanley cup. I've said it before. You have to invest in players in order to succeed. And they did that. But now they're paying the prices. You you have these long term contracts with Ochi, with even Ov Kuznetsov, Backstrom. They're aging really badly, and now they're in the playoffs. And now they're going to feel responsible. They have to, you know, one more push. They can do it. <clears throat> they can do it. They're going to lose in the first round. If there was any team from five to eight that would, you know, pull their jockstrap up and really, you know, make a make a run, they would overtake the Washington Capitals. But no, none of these teams: Columbus, the Islanders, the Devils, and the Flyers. They're hot garbage. In the Atlantic, Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo, Montreal, none of these eight teams are even trying to get to the playoffs. Do you agree? Uh, Detroit is like kind of there, um, but yeah, it, it's, there's just too much space. Cap- Capitals will get it, and they'll play the Pittsburgh in the first round, or Pittsburgh or Carolina, however that falls, and then they'll lose, and that'll be it, and we'll be done. Detroit has almost $30 million in cap space. If they were trying to make the playoffs – they would have added more players. 
Steve Eiserman is positioning this team for a big offseason. That's when he's going to make his splash. If he really wanted to make the playoffs, he would have made a move in the offseason or the first couple months when Detroit really was playing well. And they were in that fourth seed and they were ahead of the Boston Bruins and they were playing really good. I think he has resigned this team to just play out this season, give these young guys some experience. Once we lose the big contracts coming this offseason, then we'll make some moves. We're going to get some big guys coming off the books. Nick Letty, Danny DeKaiser, Mark Stahl, Troy Stetcher. All their defense is going to be gone. That's a lot of money coming off the books. That's almost 15 million bucks. Add that onto the 30 he already has. That's a lot of money in your piggy bank to go out and pick and choose the players you want because there is going to be a lot of good players in free agency or available in a trade because the cap's not going any higher and all these teams are up against the cap. You look at the Vegas Golden Knights, they're going to want to make some moves. They're going to be some guys that they want to resign. So I don't think Detroit wants to make the playoffs this year. If it happens, great. But Stevie Y is not going to go out of his way to spend money just to eke into the playoffs when he knows he's going to lose in the first round when he has to match up versus Florida or Tampa Bay. So that's why Washington's in the playoffs. So that's our first bowl prediction. We, we lost him. We failed. We were close. We were very I was close. close. I was close. You were, you swung and missed completely. If you look at my bowl prediction, I didn't even bring up Ovechkin. My prediction when Washington misses the playoffs. That's not true, John. Is it That's revisionist history? <laughs> yes. Yes. We have the audio clip that got like 40,000 views because people just took it and ran. We're yeah, going to yeah. we're gonna edit that maybe. So what do you think? Are, are we – we'll give this one maybe a half no, right? No, you're, you're wrong. I might, I, we're both wrong. We both missed on that one. You're just more right. wrong than I am. Well, you go to your second prediction because this one, Tim – this one might come true. I'm feeling pretty good about this. My second one was that Johnny Gaudreau would get 100-plus points and finish top five in scoring. Before this year, he's had 99 before. Um, it's a contract year for him, 28 years old. I thought he would have a monster season, and he's doing it. He is doing it, absolutely. He's on pace for 106 points. He's currently sixth in the scoring race, so he's right there. I'm going to call that right on the mark, right in the money. So far, looking real good. And I think I agree. Like, Pick it up even more. The cap, the flames are making that playoff push and he's going to be a big part of that. So I feel good about it. That was based on his history. That was a pretty, uh, not crazy, crazy bold, but bold. I like myself some Johnny hockey. I said it before the season, the Oilers should have traded Ryan Nugent Hopkins for him. They were both kind of in a tough situation in their teams and they didn't do it. And look at Johnny go, go Johnny go baby. He's a good hockey player. He's got those flames humming. They're in second place in the Pacific right now. They're scratching the doorstep on Vegas. I think they come first in the Pacific. I really do. They've been playing good hockey. They're eight and two in their last 10. They've won six in a row. They're a really dangerous hockey team. When you have that goaltender Markstrom, their defense is playing really sound. They're not trying to do too much Tim. And then you got Johnny hockey. Anchoring that top end. Oh, my goodness. They are a fun team to watch. If they can add another forward, like a skill guy, they're they're a dangerous team. I like them. The West is wide open. It's completely wide open. Because Colorado, I know I said I'm confident in them. Once we get to the playoffs, they're an unknown, Tim. You know this. I know this. They've, they've proven it the last four years where they just should have walked through the Western conference and they lose in the first round. They lose in the second round. They get hung up with Minnesota. Vegas takes them out. It's just anything goes in the wild, wild West as Will Smith would say, wild, wild West. The wild, hey, by wild the West. way, on Markstrom real quick, before you move on, he's got eight shutouts this year. 
and the Montreal Canadiens have eight wins. That's the scoring race of the year right now. That's, that's what's happening. Well, I'm going to have to face reality with my bold prediction in a little bit because it involves Montreal. By the way, did you see the new Fresh Prince of Bel-Air commercial in the yeah, Super Bowl? Like a Why is everything going so dark? Why? It's the Fresh Prince know. of Bel-Air, but with guns and killing. <laughs> Out of the way, Uncle Phil, I'm going to shoot somebody. It's crazy. It's just like everything goes dark. Everything. It's like, why? It was such a happy story. Now it's like, it's really dark. All right. I'll go on to my second prediction. I was really upset this didn't come true, but almost did. Very close. So so incredibly close. If it was not for the Edmonton Oilers, just. I said Jack Eichel was going to play before Evander Kane, whether it be this year or next year. Oh, we were so close to him. It was very close. I think Jack Eichel is days away from playing. He's days away from playing. And Vander Kane, as we all know, signed with the Edmonton Oilers, and he's making a, a huge difference. The Oilers are just on fire right now. They've won nine in a row. They're definitely going to make the playoffs. Scratch that. They're just as bad with the Vander Kane as they were without him. They're going to miss the playoffs. They're four points behind the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, but they do have a few games in hand. That'll be... It'll be interesting if they sneak into the playoffs, but yes, it just, it wasn't meant to be. I was hopeful that nobody would sign Evander Kane, but they did. Jack Eichel, if the Sabres would have traded him a little earlier, instead of being so stinking stubborn, digging their heels in on this surgery, it was just literally two weeks too late. They traded him. He got the surgery. He's super healthy. He's going to be back and he's going to be fantastic. And I would have nailed this. This was, this was the one I wanted. Out of all five of mine, this was the one I wanted bad, and I almost got it. So I'm 0 for 2 right now. You're 1 and 1. Right now, you're looking pretty solid, Tim. That's why you're the gambling man. That's why the people look to you at points bet. All right, what is your third prediction that you had, Tim? I forget. What was it? This is probably my biggest miss. Um, it definitely is. I guess that Chicago would make it to the cup final. I got really excited by the moves they made in the offseason, the Flurry, the Seth Jones. I thought, you know, Terry's coming back. I thought Flurry would play at an elite level again. I thought Kane would do his thing like he always does. I thought Terry would show that he still got it. Um, that secondary scoring, Kubelik, Johnson, Tyler Johnson, they added. They had, they had him starting at first line center to kick off the season. Now he's like barely even playing. I thought we'd have a big breakout from Kirby Doc. And it has not worked out that well. Patrick Kane has done his thing. He's got 44 points in 44 games. Debrinkit, 27 goals. That's good for fifth in the league. Everyone else is a big, fat thumbs down. They put up a real stinker this season. They had the coach turnover. It has not worked out the way they thought it would. Tyler Johnson wasn't doing what they had, what they thought he would do. Um, Kubelik, I thought, would take another step. He hasn't. Kirby Dock hasn't really stepped up, so... Yeah, disappointing. Disappointing. I think hockey's the NHL is a better league when the Blackhawks are a good team, and right now they're not even close. So that's a big swing and a miss for me. So what do you think the biggest, biggest reason why they're not succeeding is? Is it their goaltending that Flurry started the season so slow, uncharacteristically slow? Is it their defense that kind of Seth Jones started slow as well, but he's played really well the last couple of months. I'm I'm gonna give him some props. He's been a really good defenseman this year overall. Or is it the offense that just hasn't really what can you put your finger on the main reason if you were to say the Hawks are failing because of this? What is it, Tim? Uh good question. Is it a cop out to say everything? Is that a cheap answer? That's that is not an like. answer. 
You got to pick um, one thing. I'll say I'll say goaltending just because, uh, you know, they didn't really give up anything for him. So I understand that wasn't like a huge investment, but they brought him in to like to lead him and to, to lead the way to the playoffs. And, and he just unfortunately hasn't been that guy. Doesn't really look like a number one anymore. Um, he could be traded at the deadline. His name's been thrown out there, but I think he's going to be a veteran backup, most likely, as opposed to the guy. So. Yeah, I would say him if I have to pick one. But, I mean, the forwards aren't producing the defense. They're letting up a lot of goals. They're, like, minus 45 as a team. You know who leads their team in plus minus? Power play offensive specialist Eric Gustafson, plus three. That's – that's No. Wow. That's – it's bad, man. Like, Kaner is minus 18. Debrinkit's minus 12. Seth Jones, minus 18. Kubelik, minus 16. Tays, minus 11. They have one or two guys who are in the pluses, and it's just Dahan minus 15. It's It's bad. Things are not look. Things are not looking good there. Did you call Eric Gustafson their their offensive specialist? Yeah, that's what he does. He's got two goals, goals this year. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's what he was supposed to be. This is the guy who put up sixty five a couple of years ago. Like he's a power play specialist. He doesn't remember in Montreal last year. He would play like six minutes a game, but two of those would be on the power play. Their leading goal scorer on the back end is Connor Murphy with four. I played with Connor Murphy. I like Connor Murphy a lot. He's a really good defenseman. He has no business leading an NHL team in goals or points or assists. This is this is a big problem with Chicago. This guy should like uh yeah, that's Connor, if you're listening, which I know you do, you're a big fan of the show. No, this is not meant to, you know, throw a dig at you, but you should not be the leading scorer. You should be five six. That's all I'm saying. You, you got to have Seth Jones scoring a little more. You got to get Gustafson scoring a little more. Even in Jake McCabe, you got to get him involved in the offense a little bit. So I think their biggest problem is their forwards. I think once you, if you eliminate Patrick Kane from this team and Alex Dabrinkit, who's left? I think you nailed it when you said they expected more from Kublik. They expected more from Johnny Taves, Kirby Doc. You know, w- we really went hard on Kirby. We said he's going to be the next, you know, the next Eric Lindros. He's a big body. He's going to get up and down the ice. He's going to be a solid centerman. He hasn't shown that consistently. There's been flashes of Kirby. We want to see it more. Use that big body. Get that shot off. Use use your, you know, size more often. It, it hasn't translated into NHL success just yet. You know, he's still young. He's, he's still got a long runway ahead of him. But, yeah, you, you, you need more. You need more of those guys. Their third and fourth line are absolutely just invisible. There's nobody there who who does anything. Bjorkscum, Slavin, Lafferty. It, it's just it hasn't worked in Chicago. Tyler Johnson's been out all season, so I don't know that that was a that was a massive swing and a miss for you, Tim. Like not even a little bit massive. Chicago makes it to the Cup final. That's embarrassing for you. Yeah, yeah. It makes me stick my, to my stomach. It's terrible. Not my proud point, but. Hey, that's my what the bold predictions are all about. My next bold prediction was uh, Montreal will repeat and make it to the Stanley Cup final. Um, I think, I think I'm going to miss this one. <laughs> um, there's still a lot of games to be played. They have some games in hand on the teams in front of them, a couple. But boy, oh boy, they are the biggest disappointment. I'm going to say in the last 25 years that I can remember of a team that had expectations and they've completely, completely failed in every aspect of the game. Every single aspect. There's not one player on this roster that I can say is having a good season. Not one. 
from the defense to the goaltenders, to the forwards, to the coaches, to the GM, to the president, everybody involved in this organization is having a terrible season. Nobody, their first line. We saw them in the playoffs last year, Caulfield, Suzuki, Toffoli. They were unstoppable at times. They were so fun to watch. Horrendous, absolutely horrendous. Off-season signing, Mike Hoffman, garbage. Brendan Gallagher, too old, too slow, too many miles on his body. Josh Anderson on the third line now, but bounces up and down the lineup just because he can't get anything out of him. He's a big body. It's not working. Their defense, Jeff Petrie, Norris candidate last year, six points, minus a million. Like just, we beat these guys up. They deserve it. They absolutely deserve it. They're a bad hockey team. They have no business being this bad. They're just no heart, no will, no nothing. They, uh, it's, it really is embarrassing. The Christian Dvorak signing didn't work out. I was raving about that in the off season. I think I had good reason to pick them to have a successful season. I think they were going to build off of that playoff experience. They were going to be very eager to get back hungry. Some would say, you know, to, to get over that hurdle, Thomas hurdle. They didn't do it. They, you know, they didn't do it. A leopard cannot change his stripes as they say. So (laughs) I did that on purpose. They sucked him. They're a bad hockey team. And this was, this was even worse than the Chicago Blackhawks making the Stanley Cup finals. At least Chicago has a competitive somewhat team and they win games every once in a while. Montreal doesn't win hockey games at all. They've won eight games this season. Their last 10, how many wins do they have? Zero. Zero. They're bad hockey team. Goal differential, they've played 48 games. Minus 85. Minus 85, their goal differential is. It's amazing how bad that is. That is the definition of futility right there. Montreal Canadiens. All right. That's I just, enough. I will say, though, they, they've lost their own two under Marty St. Louis, but people are saying that it looks like a different team. There's a, and maybe we, maybe you said that too. Like they're, they're going to, there's going to be an, an initial push and they'll respond to a new, new coach, new energy. We'll see how it actually plays out over the rest of the season. But in two games, Cole Caulfield has two goals. He had one in like 29 leading up to this. Now he's got two goals in two games. Do they look like they're having fun, Tim? That's what it's all that matters. Are they having fun? Do they look like they're they're getting their X's and O's in? Because that's what that's what Marty's good at. X's and O's. Okay. He's like, we, he's like L Golding. X's and my oh, 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 O's. They want so, me. That's Marty St. Louis. Yeah, but you got carved a little bit for your take on this because we spend a lot of time, and rightfully so, talking about the old boys club and then finally have a new coach with a different direction, different style, unproven. We should be celebrating that. No, 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 no. What, don't call him a coach. He was not a coach before this. An he's old, a coach now. A new person. How pissed are all the AHL coaches who have been toiling in the AHL, honing their craft, waiting for their chance, thinking one day they were going to get the opportunity to coach in the NHL. AHL coaches who have won championships, guys who have really good pedigree, and you get passed over for Marty St. Louis, who was an assistant coach for his kids' peewee hockey team just because Marty St. Louis is good with X's and O's? You crazy? I should not be taking any heat for this. This is a new guy, but he's not, an, he's not, even, he's not even a coach. 
He's not even a coach. This is bad. Whoever gave me a hard time for this, kick rocks. You're wrong. This is not a coach. There's 50 guys who are deserving of this chance in the AHL and college overseas. Fresh hockey minds that could have been given this situation. But because Marty St. Louis speaks French and they want to have a good PR thing in Montreal because it's absolute train wreck there, they hire this guy. It's a, no. The only thing Montreal has going for it, they have good poutine and smoked meat sandwiches, and you can get that on DoorDash. And I know that because I've done it. I've lived in Montreal. I was a Montreal Canadian for Pete's sake. I played one game there, and I used DoorDash, and you should use DoorDash too. When you're in Canada, use promo code GLOVESDD. Fire up a poutine. Fire up some smoked meat sandwich. It's delicious. You get 25% off. You get free delivery on your first order if you're in Canada. If you're in the USA, use GLOVESDDUS. Do the same thing. Not going to get many poutines here in the United States. I don't care. Try try to order from Montreal. See if you can. I don't know if you're right on the if you're right on the border there. It might work. You might have to pay a couple extra bucks, but use DoorDash. Use our promo code GlovesDDUS if you're in the United States. GlovesDD if you're in Canada. Save yourself some money. Get yourself some poutine. Life is good. Get some, oh the fries, Tim. Have you ever had poutine? I've never had it. No. Oh, the fries, the cheese curds, the gravy. It's melted. It's delicious. If you really want it over, you put some bacon bits on there. You put some sour cream. It's a meal in itself. And it's a poutine. It's very good. Use DoorDash when you're getting it. It's a great company. It helps us, helps you. And you get some yummy food. So check it out. All right, Tim. The fourth prediction. Do you want to do yours or should I do mine? I'll do mine. It's a real quick one because we don't know yet. I predicted that the Lightning would lose in the first round. Um, not crazy, crazy bold, but pretty bold because they, you know, <clears throat> they won the last two cups in a row, obviously. Um, right now they're skated to play the, the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round, which I think they would be. Um, I was projecting that they would, they would play, uh, Florida in the first round. I thought the Islanders would finish first in the division and that hasn't panned out either. So, um, it, regardless, we won't know yet. And for a few more months, but the, I do kind of still have that on my radar as a possibility. I think those three teams in the Atlantic, there will be a lot of shuffling in the next couple months. I think any one of those teams could come first place, Florida, Tampa Bay, Toronto. Toronto's got a few games in hand, but that race will be very interesting to watch coming down to the end of the season. Because do you want to play Boston first round if you're Toronto? They are your kryptonite. Is that that who you want to line up against? If I'm them, I would rather play Florida. I mean, completely frank. Isn't Toronto the team that everyone wants to play out of that group? Oh, yeah. If there's a weak team in the playoffs out of Toronto, Florida, Tampa Bay, and Boston, I'm trying to play Toronto if I'm Tampa Bay or Florida. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree with you on that. They're, they're the most unproven. They've cracked under pressure. They haven't won a, you know, a, a Stanley Cup series yet. So, yeah, that's going to be fun to watch. I, I will be keeping an eye on that because, gosh, it's fun when Toronto loses. It really is. All right, my, my last two aren't really that great. I kind of just kicked the can. I was like, ah, whatever. This one, it was maybe a little hopeful. The Vegas Golden Knights would have the best record in the NHL. They started so incredibly bad. This one was doomed right from the very beginning. The the first two weeks of the season, they just, they weren't good. They weren't good. The goaltending wasn't great. They had a lot of injuries, the COVID thing. Everybody was in flux. They just never rounded out their team. They've finally started to play better the last two months. Where they're like, okay, that's the Vegas Golden Knights, but they still are always there. There's always guys injured. Mark Stone can never get healthy. Marcia Stowe was always in the lineup. They're just, sorry, not Marcia Stowe, Pacioretty. 
Carlson and Marsha Stowe. He was out a little bit. So they're slowly getting healthier. Pacioretty's back. Stone is still out. Eichel's going to get back in the lineup soon. Once they get all these guys back, Alex Martinez has been out for a long time. Even uh, White Cloud, who's not a huge part in the back end, but he, you know, he gets in there. He's a good five six defenseman. I was envisioning they were going to have all these guys. So maybe you know, maybe they do. Maybe they get they get that record. Detroit's best record sixty two thirteen and seven. Vegas, they've already had seventeen losses. There's no way. But hey, you know. And then I said Edmonton was going to have like 60 wins as well. Where was I? So, this specific division, <laughs> it ain't good. It ain't good. All right. What was your last one, Tim? This one, I like this one. This is a good this one. This is the one I'm most excited about. This is my boldest prediction, and this is the one that actually is probably could come true. I said a player who has never scored 30 goals in a single season before <clears throat> would lead the league in goals this year. Um Never scored 30, you're going to lead the league in goals. And in my mind, I'm thinking like guys like Kaprizov, obviously didn't score shortened season last year. Svechnikov, Cole Caulfield, which is not even close. Chris Kreider has never scored 30 goals in a season before. I think he scored 28 or 29. Um, he's currently tied for first in the league with goals. He's got 33 already, as does Dreisaitl. This could actually happen. And he wasn't even on my radar. Like, why would he be? No one saw this coming, but... This is a really cool, very specific niche prediction, and uh, this could come true. So I'm pretty pumped about it. If who is the one guy who, like, yes, he's had an amazing first half of the season. Do you think he's going to be able to hold off Matthews and Debrinket and Dreinsidel? Like that, there's a, those are some heavy hitters. You you honestly think Chris Kreider will maintain this scoring pace he's on right now? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's still playing with like <laughs> he's still playing like on the best power play unit in the league. Like he's still these guys. I don't know. I, I don't know. The answer is I don't know. But I, I hope so. It'd, it'd be fun. He's playing with Zabinajad and Lafreniere right now. And the good thing about that, they got Panarin on the second line with Strom and Dryden Hunt. He doesn't see the other team's top checkers because the other team, when they say the Rangers, they go, we got to take care of Panarin first. So he's getting the second unit of defensive forwards, he's getting the three and four defensemen, and he's very he's taking advantage of that. And like you said, he's in front of the net on the power play. When you got guys like Zabinajad and Artyom Panarin and Ryan Strom, all three of those guys just dish. They dish the puck. Kreider's picking up the garbage in front of the net. He's just getting tips. He is doing every he's scoring off of every appendage that he has arms, legs, behind. He's scored goals every way this year. So I I could see it. I could totally see it happening. And it would be exciting. I know Chris Kreider. He's actually not a very nice guy, but it'd be fun. It'd be fun. I don't know why I said that. I just, there's a part of me that has to tear people down and I need to work on that. I really do. I don't know why, but I, I acknowledged it. And I'll move on from there, Tim. You know, it's important to acknowledge your weaknesses. I really think that. And that's one of my weaknesses where I don't like. We were at Michigan Tech this past week. And as I said, another one of the guests was an NFL player, Joe Berger. Never met him before, but I thought he was taller than I was. And so for some reason in my head, I'm like, if he's taller than I am, he's better than I am. And I was worried that my wife was going to be more attracted to him. And so... (laughs) We ran into him on campus and he was shorter than me. You would have thought I won the lottery once he was out of earshot. 
I was jumping around. I was high-fiving my kids. I was hugging my wife. I was giddy like a little kid giggling to myself. He's shorter than me. He's shorter than me. Joe Berger's shorter than me. Is that not the, the silliest thing you've ever heard of a grown man? I'm almost 40 years old for Pete's sake. And I was so incredibly happy that another grown man was shorter than me. I, I couldn't, I couldn't contain it. I was in the middle of Michigan tech campus and I'm not even, I'm high-fiving my six-year-old kids saying I'm taller than that man. I'm taller <laughs> than that man. It's so embarrassing. It's so incredibly embarrassing. Let's let's unpack that. We we should have devoted an episode to that sometime. But we I think it's ridiculous. A therapist. Yeah, because I get it. Being part of like you being tall is part of your identity. So when someone's taller than you, they're they're taking that away. I get that. I understand that. We can we can. <sighs> but it is funny that a you wanted that open ice to prove to your daughters that you actually are fast when it's not the size of a basketball court. Mm-hmm. You wanted to prove you're worried about losing your wife to this guy who you've been married to for 15 years, who she's never yeah. going to see again in her life. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny, these things. We'll have to spend some time on that sometime. I have the ego. Uh, it's very fragile. Very, very fragile. And I did. We got out on that ice. My kids were like, Timmy and Joseph Trudeau, they move their feet pretty quick. I'm like, watch this. And I was gone. I was buzzing. I was sweating up and down the ice. I was making excuses. I was like, yeah, usually I have a hockey stick so I can go faster. I'm like, yeah, way to go, dad. I'm like, that's right. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Ugh. All right. My last one. And this was a kind of a cop out, but I said at the deadline, there's going to be huge names that are going to be moved. Every, every deadline, there's a lot of player movement. Not a lot of big names get moved. Like I'm talking high end salary, high end stars, captains, assistant captains, big names. That'll shift the balance of power between one team and the next. If you're a team that's on the bubble and you get some of these guys, you're immediately vaulted into a competitor. And I still think that's going to happen. I think guys like I said, guys like Giroux, Malkin, Pavelski, Latang, and Kessel and Hurdle will be traded. I think a handful of those guys are still going to be traded. I don't think Pittsburgh moves are going to add. I thought Pittsburgh was going to have kind of a setback. We both thought Philly was going to play better. We both thought the Islanders are going to be competitive. I thought Washington and Pittsburgh were going to be odd ones out in this division, but that obviously, obviously hasn't come to fruition. Philadelphia is going to be a massive seller. Dallas, I think, is going to sell. Winnipeg's going to sell. Chicago's going to try to unload everybody. Hurdle's going to be gone. I, I, I do think there will be a lot of players available. Vancouver's going to be a seller. It's just everybody but Pittsburgh. So I do think big names will be moved at the deadline, but just not the Pittsburgh Penguins. And they do have a lot of big names. If they ever did want to sell, they would be very, very fun team because they have so many players that are so valuable that teams would want to get their hands on. Malkins, Latangs, Jeff Carters, even guys like Kasperi Kapanen, the Brian Rust of the Worlds, Danton Heinen. We saw how he's good this year, how good he's been this year. These are players that teams would pay a high price for. We saw last year the Tampa Bay Lightning giving up first rounders, or it was that two years ago when they gave up first rounders for Barkley Gaudreau and Blake Coleman. Imagine if these guys were available, the action that they would get. It would be really fun to see. If you would just let this general Ron Hextall, we know he likes to swing a bad deal if I've ever seen him, but uh, I don't think it's going to happen, sadly enough. But there's other teams who will fill that void, and I still think it will come to fruition. Just maybe ugh, imagine you getting Malkin getting traded. How fun would that be? Oh, going to Washington, playing with Ovechkin. That'd be so cool. Yeah, so cool, man. I'm taller than both those guys, by the way. Did you know that? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, Tim, finish us off with some points bet. You've been on fire lately. I love it. We just Super Bowl, the biggest single betting day on earth. Billions of dollars are waged on that one day. People are a little fatigued. Maybe they've lost a little bit of money. Let's get them some money back, Tim. What are we doing with points bet this week? Yeah, you're not going to like this one, but I'm making another bold underdog prediction. Love it. The Detroit Red Wings are playing in Minnesota tonight. I'm taking Detroit. They've won two in a row. Um, I, I like this team a lot. Mo Sider had a game-winning goal the other day. We're going to have to do a whole episode on him at some point. He's just like, the season he's having is just incredible. Um, I want to spend some time on that. But, yeah, if it goes to overtime, watch out for him. I'm picking the Red Wings tonight. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win three in a row. I like this game. I like this team. So, yeah, that's my over- underdog pick. All right. I would have maybe gone with just the easy tapping, the Leafs over the Kraken, but uh, I love it. Boring. You're, you're getting a little more bang for your buck by taking the Detroit Red Wings. Tim's trying to, it's a value pick. I enjoy that. You're not betting $100 to win five like you would with the Toronto Maple Leafs, but oh, the Oilers and the Sharks. Ooh, I hope the Sharks win that one. I really do. I really, Evander Kane back in Ooh. San Jose. That's going to be fun. That's going to be really fun. I like that. All right, everybody. (laughs) I hope everybody had a good weekend. I know I did. Tim did too. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Stay classy. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.